Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment, usually playing board games or at least watching videos about board games, doing that what we call recon. Oh, yeah. Probably. Sure. <laughs> but running the boards is Joey D's. Hey. Hi. On today's show, I'm very excited because we're going to revisit the world of Chaldea with Peter Atkinson. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Get a blog, podcast, and more. Or just search for BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Exactly. <laughs> lots of ways to get a hold of us. Lots of ways to check us out. Uh, contact us. Send us an email, bjgeeknation.gmail.com. Post on our Facebook pages. Uh, yeah, have some fun with all the geeky stuff that's going on. Because what that's... we do is uh, we want to hear from you, the Geek Nationals. And one of uh, one of the Geek Nationals, actually, is Mr. Peter Atkinson, which you we've talked to him before, but it's been a little while, and if you may not remember, he has come together and brought us some of the best things ever that uh, include Magic the Gathering, uh, one of the founders of Wizards of the Coast, and then uh, eventually was able to uh, move on to bigger and better things, and one of those actually is the world of Chaldea, which uh, well, I'm going to talk with him right now about. Now, now, Peter, it's been uh, four years since you were back, uh, since you were on with uh, BJ Shea's Geek Nation. And that was when you announced Chaldea. And finally, we've got we've got a lot more content that dropped in just like less than a month. So what the heck yeah. is going on, buddy? <laughs> I know. Well, we're, we're doing it. We're finally there. I know it's been uh, a long time coming. Uh, it's the welcome to, you know, the world of small indie filmmakers. <laughs> uh, everything is slow, but we're. Um, Yes, we just launched on December 20th. We launched our first uh, chapter on our YouTube uh, channel, World of Chaldea. And this is really interesting because uh, I love the fact that this is this comes from, I mean, almost 40 years ago at this point in time, uh, correct? Like the inception yes, of right. all this? Uh, this is based on my, uh, my Dungeons & Dragons campaign, which I started in 1980. Wow, man. So from there now, when it starts like that, did you start in this in uh, Chaldea or how did how did like even Chaldea come to be from that point? You know, it started with just me wanting to play Dungeons and Dragons. And um, I was right from the, you know, right from the get go, one of those people that wanted to do my own campaign, my own world that to me, that was a big part of the appeal was building a place. And um, uh, so, you know, not and. And I did that rapidly, <laughs> especially in the <laughs> 80s. Uh, when I started Wizards of the Coast in 1990, my D&D player playing might have slowed down a bit. Um, and then, um, so, but I didn't have this idea of, you know, uh, publishing it in some way to, you know, to tell a story other than just play D&D. And until uh, about seven years ago, um, after I went to film school, and was looking for like what do I what do I want to do with these new talents? Uh, then <laughs> I decided with my old uh, business and creative partner Steve Connard that um, we would create we would tell a story set in Chaldea. We would basically go after um, uh, making this an intellectual property for the public. 
that's really kind of amazing that it, 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 it was brewing and you've been doing this for so long. And then, you know, going back to school and uh, making that happen and getting into the uh, the filming, because as of right now, if you go to worldofchaldea.com, you can find all the links and everything. But you've got content up on the YouTube page and people do need to check that out because um, with some of the stuff right now that I see that it's it's just I love the fact that like you've got this this art style and just this wonderful uh, uh, with the, like the prologue and the children um, series that you've got started up right there. Um, but there's going to be so much more than just that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. So we're in the you know, we're launching our first block of chapters right now. Uh, we have eight chapters that we're launching over the next couple of months. Uh, we'll have all eight up and posted by the end of March. Uh, but yes, it's a YouTube channel. So it's got a lot of other stuff going. We have director's commentary on the chapters. Uh, so you know, you can watch the chapters n- normally or with Steve and I yammering on about <laughs> what we were thinking, <laughs> we, what we, what Kool-Aid we were drinking when we did that particular chapter. And then we have uh, other playlists like Deeper Delve, uh, which is launching um, uh, Friday where we, uh, or last Friday, excuse me, where we uh, take some topic in Chaldea and uh, explore it more depth. Then we've got live interviews. Uh, we have this Friday, uh, we have, um, uh, relative to when we're recording it, I, I suppose uh, by the time mm-hmm. people listen to this, it will already be up our interview with Yasmin Aker, who plays Sarva, and yeah, and so on and so forth. And I love this fact because like seeing uh, some of the prologues and seeing all of this and even moving into it. And if you go to youtube.com slash world of Chaldea, I mean, we're going we're, we're gonna to post all the links on all of our socials. So it'll be easy for Thank everyone you. to go to. Um, but like you've got all of the teasers getting set up. You're going to have these interviews. You've got some um, behind the scenes with some of the actors. And I just I love the fact that you're just like going all in on all this because that's kind of the dream of like a lot of um, dungeon masters or even players is that they want they would love to see their characters and their worlds come out to fruition. And you're able to do this. That's got to be so exciting. Oh, my gosh. It's very exciting. And it is uh, it is like a dream come true. Uh, and you know, because it's YouTube, I mean, we thought a lot about how to distribute. You know, we didn't start off going, "Oh, we want to have a YouTube channel." We started off uh, saying, "Hey, we want to tell a story set in this world." And you know, and and then it was like, "Okay, how are we going to tell the story?" We d- decided on comic book art primarily, but there are some live action films, and so two of our chapters have um, what you might think of as cutscenes to live action. Oh, nice! Uh, which is a lot of fun. That's why I went to film school was to make live action films. But it's of course very expensive to do it well. Yeah. And um, uh, so, and then it was like, well, how to distribute it? And you know, looking at all the different options for distribution, and uh, given the fact that we're not really in a hurry, we don't need to hit. We don't have investors breathing down our necks. We can take the time to let this property grow naturally over years. Uh, we decided, well, we'll have full control over what we're doing and really be the masters of our own destiny if we make it a YouTube channel. And so then it was like, oh, my gosh, well, to make that work, you got to do all these other videos. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one thing about it, too, is like once your creative mind gets going and you're like, all right, we've got this set off, but we still need to talk about this, this and this or do some other things. And like, how do you plan on putting out these stories within this world? Is it going to be um, small stories about people who are you know, going through the trials and tribulations in this world? Or are you looking for like the more grandiose kind of cosmic scale stuff? 
Yeah, well, you know, uh, you know me. I, I like the epic. Uh, I like I like big stories. So, uh, yeah, for the last uh, seven years, we've been crafting, uh, you know, a big story like a Game of Thrones or a Lord of the Rings. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's several uh, point of view characters or lead characters, uh, each with their own story. And then over time, these stories will converge and interact in different ways. And we'll be doing this for years. I, I think I, I'm just hoping I finish this before I die. That, that's really, <laughs> you know, so it's a big story, but, you know, it takes time to do those chapters. So to mm-hmm. fill in the blanks, we're going to have some live role playing. Uh, you know, we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to GM Adventures in Chaldea and uh, do things like that to kind of, you know, fill in the space between uh, between seasons. That is really amazing, and it's it, it's kind of I mean a little dark humorous when it comes to that. But I've just uh, I started rereading or well, re-listening to the Wheel of Time series. Um, oh yeah, which did have yeah. that have that uh, issue where uh, Robert Jordan had to make sure and have all of uh, the notes ready um, just in case, and unfortunately it did happen. But just the fact that you're just like this is this is what you want to work on. This is what you love to do. That's like the best part about all of it. I feel it's just like. Yeah, you can take your time and have some fun with it, but putting it out here and even just like waiting for it. I've been like, you know, the last couple of years, I've been checking out the site because even before the major launch that you just had last month, and people can check it out at worldofchaldea.com, uh, you had um, art up there to show off a lot yeah. of the stuff. And even just like even in getting in the um, the uh, Chaldeapedia so people can find out more information about um like even just like the Cthulian races, like you mix in a lot of lore and even um now is it now is it takes on real world religion or where do you go with that? Because I do notice that, you know, mm-hmm. watching the prologue, um, it was very much based on set. Now, is that like yeah. our like, you know, the known set here or is it just kind of a name taken from that and inspired by? Um, I would say inspired by, but de- mm-hmm. definitely inspired by, you know, Egyptian mythology in that case. Uh, we pull on a lot of, I, well, I love history. I, you know, <laughs> the, um, uh, I have all of the um, human kingdoms in Chaldea are inspired from some real world place and time. And so, yeah, Egyptian, uh, but also Japanese and Chinese. And uh, I, I particularly love Middle Eastern histories. I have a lot of um, Middle Eastern references, but of course, European references and African as well. And so, and and with the mythologies, of course, too, you know, we, we of course, stay away from anything that... Um, uh, re- religions of today, you know, we don't, uh, we, probably a good you know, call, probably a good. Yeah. Call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our uh, inspiration from say Arab culture is uh, polytheistic religions that existed before Islamic religion. Right. So um, uh, we, we're de- we deal with dead religions uh, only. <laughs> it's a good call with all of that when it's coming down to it, because I mean, at that yeah. point and then, I mean, it's just like, all the history on all of it has been created at that point. So there's not really necessarily a whole lot of changes. I mean, unless something is dug up and at that point, that's going to be newsworthy uh, around the globe. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, you know, we just inspired by though. Cause we, you know, mm-hmm. we take our mm-hmm. roots there. I like the idea of a fantasy world having a, some familiarity with it. It's very, uh, it's very much like a, a Dungeons and Dragons world of the eighties, to be honest. So, you know, back in the eighties when we were playing AD and D, you know, we had the deities in Demigods book, you know, True, the, the yeah. deities of, of that era, you know, you had the Greek gods and the Norse gods and the Japanese gods and so on and so forth. And that's the that's the era I grew up in. And that's the era of Dungeons and Dragons that Chaldea is rooted in. 
And so we have, you know, elk, elves and orcs and dwarves and giants and Etons, you know, and um, we do, of course, have a lot of unique things about the world as well. And um, uh, but I like the idea that the foundation is something that is accessible to people uh, who are fantasy fans. It gives you an anchor even when you're trying to design, because, I mean, I know that with a lot of people who want to create their own setting, um, sometimes you can kind of uh, get a term that is <laughs> that we use sometimes is lost in the sauce, where you're just yeah. kind of focusing on maybe like not necessarily anything that's moving you forward when you want to create stories like that. So having a little bit of anchor has got to help you a lot with that. I think so. I, I think uh, I, I think it helps a lot. And, me, you know. And also, you know, when it comes to storytelling, great storytelling is not like some new monster that nobody's heard of before. Great storytelling is it comes down to are these characters interesting? What is who are the characters of, in the story? Yeah. And can we get people rooting for those characters, you know, very early in the story and falling in love with those characters and sympathizing with them? And what is the, you know, what is the challenges of those characters? And, you know, what's their, their, their narrative arc, if you will, you know, classic screenwriting sort of stuff. I think the fantasy, I love fantasy. I love the, doing a fantasy world. But we try to never lose sight that the fantasy is really just a flavor. It's a skin on top of great characters. Now, with something like Haldia, um, now do you consider it high fantasy, a little bit of mi uh, middle, or is it more about low magic? Oh my god, it's epic! It's high <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> okay, I, I kind I, of figured. I grew up, I grew up it, power but... gaming in the eighties, man. You know, <laughs> we were we were power gamers, and you know, you, I don't know if you remember the first product ever published by Wizards of the Coast, which uh, Steve Cotter and I wrote. Uh, was before Magic the Gathering. It was a book called The Primal Order, and it was all about playing gods in role-playing games. So oh my that, goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we dared to say, we weren't those type of players that said, oh, your character's are 20th level. You have to stop playing now. You have to retire them. And Oh, no, things are just getting good at that point. And that was actually, it's, it's so funny, because even with the inclusion of social media now, um, one of the strangest things that I've found is on TikTok, I found like Dungeons and Dragons TikTok, uh, which is amazing because it gives you a whole bunch of uh, uh, ideas to kind of bank off of. But it, sure. it, someone was even mentioning, it's like, what do you do uh, when your characters are level 20? And they're just like, well, you've basically done everything in this world. Now begins the trial of the gods. And I was like, oh. Oh wow! Yeah, you can just you can take it so much further, no matter oh, where yeah. your character's at and what level. I love that so much. Yeah, <laughs> it, it actually my players. I didn't really intend this back when I was running high level D anD D, but the players themselves said it was kind of akin to starting over at first level. You you worked your way up to like you know twentieth level or whatever, right? And then became ascended, and now you've gone from being the badass in the mortal realm to being at the bottom tier of the divine realm. Oh, wow. yeah, <laughs> that is, that is, that is so amazing. I love all of that. Now you were talking about characters. Do you have um, a favorite or at least a character that you would love to highlight for us um, from Chaldea that we might, we're going to be seeing, uh, seeing in the future? Yeah. Um, I think that uh, one that's coming out at about the time that this uh, uh, episode will hit the waves is uh, Reiswitz uh, von Gustavus is uh, in chapter three. Now, this is sort of a rescan of an episode that we had on our website for a number of years called War Room. Uh, we've updated it, made it consistent with how we're telling this story. 
but I think that anybody uh, in your audience who is, um, uh, you know, it's Geek Nation, so I'm sure there's some miniatures players out there. Oh, gosh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, this character, Ricefitz, was inspired by the real world uh, Ricefitz, who was a Russian uh, aristocracy back in the late 18th century, uh, early 1800s, late 1700s. And he uh, is the guy who had sort of this eureka idea of moving a, a, a game from a chessboard-like experience into a diorama where he took, you know, and what we would recognize as a modern wargaming table with sand and using measuring sticks to measure oh, distance wow. for movement and, and range of fire. He's a guy that had that idea. And um, so well, this character is an homage to him. And this is also named Ricevitz. And this character is the inventor of wargaming within the fantasy world of Chaldea. Oh, wow. That is super cool. Now, now, did he make uh, make sure that everyone at the table had to paint their minis? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny you should ask that. Because oh, really? um, in this episode, he meets... Uh, the old toy maker who he finds a guy who's really good at making really good miniatures and painting them. And in the story, the old toy maker is performed by the late uncle Duke Seyfried, who is uh, really considered the father of American wargaming. Uh, oh, he's wow. been making, he was making miniatures uh, in the real world since the 1960s. And uh, so before he passed uncle Duke, came out and played the old toy maker in this uh in this chapter including the live action uh film called toy soldiers which is uh, inside the the larger movie wow dude that's amazing like i just i mean i was like you know reading the press release and you talked about like all of the uh, different actors you have but something like that 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 is pretty historic i mean just being able to have someone like that uh, it was so much fun, and uh, it, it, it turned out he was a really good actor. He did great. <laughs> uh, he did absolutely fantastic. And then uh, Stefan Hayek, a local Seattle actor who is excellent, uh, is I've become very good friends with. He plays the lead role of Reisvitz von Gustavus, and so uh, he is one of our lead actors uh, of the series as well. That's amazing. I love all of this. And I mean, you guys are hitting it all up on social media. You can follow you on World of Chaldea on Twitter. Uh, definitely, absolutely, 100% subscribe to the YouTube because the plethora of videos you have already, I mean, it's just the beginning when it comes down to it. And you can get all the updates of uh, at worldofchaldea.com. Uh, Peter, seriously, you're, you're legendary when it comes to gaming and I'm so excited that this is this has come to fruition since we first talked about it, since the fact that this is going to keep on going. And I just I'm really, really excited to see where this goes from beyond this. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I, uh, I appreciate you uh, giving me uh, some an opportunity to talk to your community about it. And as it keeps on going, we're going to have to uh, keep having you on here, man, because I just want to hear how it keeps going. <laughs> All right. I'm happy to come back anytime. Thank you so much. Again, check out all the stuff. You can go to worldofchaldea.com. The stuff will be up on our Facebook pages as well. But now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? Let's go something that goes good to bad. Okay. Some, some, sometimes things are good and then they go really, really bad. All right. And I'm talking about TV shows. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Ranker put out a list of 14 TV shows that had only one good season. 
and then fell off the cliff. And if you guys would like to guess okay. what is on this list. We'll start with the one, Vicky, that you and I, I don't know if Joe watched this so much, but also BJ, but he's not here. It have to be, Heroes has to be on this list. Number one. Okay. Oh, oh. Well, was, there we go. I was losing my yep. crap. Like, I remember when that show came out, calling my best friend at the time, like, between commercials, I'm like, can you believe that just happened? Oh my God, what are your theories? Uh, okay, commercial's over. Okay, let's go. And I was obsessed. And then season two came around, which was, eh. And we blamed the writer's strike on Absolutely, that one. Absolutely, yeah. And then even when they tried to redo it, yeah, it was kind just of re. Hot, it wasn't garbage. really, yeah, it was like a rework. It wasn't a reboot, but they're trying to kind of get it back was like onto it. Years later. Was it the carnival of uh, weirdness or it was whatever? Really dumb. Like, I just, like, they had still like five seasons or something ridiculous, but like after getting hamstrung by the writer's strike and they, they had a plan of what they wanted to do, mm-hmm. and it just. It did not work out. Yeah, I remember the end of that uh, season two, they were supposed to have the vial that was going to spread a pathogen and kill a bunch of people actually break and kill a bunch of people. Yeah. But then they were like, oh, we don't know how to end this, so he's just going to save the day. And they had such good characters, and it was just such a good show. First season. Yes, for one season. Hey, they saved the cheerleader and then the movie got, or the show got real bad. Yeah. Yep, they should never really attempt that again. Don't save the cheerleader. That's the uh, moral of that story. I will preface this and say that not all these shows are quote unquote geeky. Okay. So if you guys have any shows that it was kind of the same thing, started oh. really well. One of these on this, on this list, I don't necessarily agree with. I can see how... It wasn't as good as the other ones, but I wouldn't say the seasons after the first season were bad. Okay, what's that one? Westworld at number nine. You know what? I thought the first two seasons were really good, and to be perfectly honest, I haven't finished the third Mm -hmm. season. I just, we watched, I think, three or four episodes, and then I forgot to or something like that, and I just never went back to it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I only think that, that that because the first season felt like it had a very defined story about the AI and the robots, and then they kind of go into the real world, and you're like, yeah, but it's, is it, this about the robots? Yeah, it, yeah. I think it's because they're trying to stay on that same path of leaving you in the dark. Like, you know, like the first season, the first couple episodes, you're like, what the hell is going on? And then it was. it's not until you get to a certain point, you're like, oh, now I'm tracking. It makes sense. And then the second season kind of did that too, and they did that with season three as well, but because it's in a completely different environment and completely different things, it kind of takes you out of it. it. Doesn't You don't have that same feeling as you did with the season before it. Yeah. Um, definitely season one was the best. However, season one in, or two and three were not bad. They were uh, good, I thought. I'm going to say one uh, show that really fell off after the first season would be Firefly. As it only had a season. <laughs> yeah, and I know that's not on the list. <laughs> what else is on the list? I'm like totally drawing a blank here. Second one is one I don't think any of us saw. My dad actually did see this, was digging it, and then he's he had to stop watching it because it got dumb, he said. Oh, which one is that? Riverdale. Oh, yeah, and that's like a kind of a weird dark take on, mm-hmm. uh, on Archie. Archie and Friends. Yeah, I watched the first episode, realized I don't care. Yeah, and it's just like one of those CW shows. It even starts off with a murder, so I'm like, "Oh, this might hook me." And I was like, "Eh, eh no, I just I'm not. I, sorry, CW, you're just not my wheelhouse. I'm too old for it." Uh, apparently, it like goes on to have like a musical episode based on Carrie. Um, huh. It's it's supposed to be that sister show to The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is on Netflix. Uh, my dad said he's like, once they started go- getting into like the mobs and mafia, I just I couldn't. Oh. Like, apparently that was a thing. It's like, I feel like you try too hard to be 
cool. But apparently, like, I feel like this might be a teenager thing. Because I think it's my friend's daughter who's like 13 or 14 digs it. Just loves it. That and like Stranger Things. It's like that spookiness, but they're still young. Stranger Things better not be on this list. It is not. Okay, good. Uh, One, none of us saw, but it's not geeky. Number three is uh, 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. I feel like it's really hard to kind of continue that storyline from what I've un- what I've heard. Yeah, and uh, they probably tried to figure that out, but it's, again, not another thing that really kind of interests me on that end. Uh, this one, I mean, I guess it's true because I only saw the first season. Glee for number four. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, really? Did you yeah, watch Glee? I watched Glee, yeah. That what? was It was oh, all the rage. You know, everyone watched it. You couldn't be the guy out of the know. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was pretty entertaining. It's High School Musical, the series, as opposed to the movie. Yeah. Uh, and, you know... The drama was well done in the first season, mm-hmm. but man, I don't know. They really, you can, how do you push the envelope in that show when it's about high school drama? Well, you got to really go deep or, or go or kind of weird. Dark. And yeah. it's just like, yeah, yeah I don't too know. Much. Well, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I just don't necessarily think that I'm usually down with like, like, those adult topics when they're teenagers dealing with them. Even though they're all like in their 30s playing high schoolers. (laughs) You're right, you're right. And it ended up being really tragic. I mean, a lot of the stars from that show, you know, What is it they call it? The Glee Curse. Ooh, really? Because one guy, you know, had, I think, an overdose, one of the main guys. Another one, I think, got sentenced to jail for some really messed up stuff. Wow. Uh, Another one recently died last year. Whoa. Like, uh, like she drowned, I think, like was on a boat with her kid. Oh, that was her. That was her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's called the Glee Curse. Wow. Uh, anywho. Yeah, right? Next uh, one. <laughs> I'm not sure. Have you guys seen True Detective? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, the first season was Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. and that was really kind of in one of the things uh, one of our old alum from here, uh, Mark Ronner, really loved it because it dealt with a lot of uh, 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 the the Lovecraftian uh, Yellow King stuff. Okay. And so he was really hoping there was going to be a huge like paranormal aspect. It never quite got there. But then the second season had Vince Vaughn mm-hmm. and Everybody hated it. Like, sorry, Vince, you but can't capture the magic magic of Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey as detectives in like a country right. bumpkin Woody area. Was in it too. Yeah, like solving a mystery, a really gory, like hmm. oh man, that was a brutal, brutal murder mystery. Are there any other geeky ones on this list? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna count it just because one actor is wasn't a geeky show. Prison Break. I thought Prison Break was kind of like I Very. thought people liked it for a while, but yeah, I mean. I don't know. I, I, that was the same time that uh, 24 was going on, and those were both two shows that I was just like, nah, I'm cool. I yeah, don't need it. the concept's it. weird because it's, five, like you said, it's five seasons, and they got to break out of prison. How do you continue that on after they break out of prison? And I think it's the first season they do it. Spoiler yeah. alert. I yeah. don't know if they actually do. I never saw the series, but I heard someone tell me about that, and like, well, then they go back to prison. And I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why do you? We got to go back. Why? Because. Because we got to break out again. <laughs> Isn't it like Wentworth something? I forget his yeah. name, but he was also in the, was it? Legends of Tomorrow series. Oh, he was like oh, the Mister yeah. Ice guy or whatever. That sounds about right. Yeah, I, I did not really care for that show, so <laughs> shows tell. how much I paid attention. <laughs> uh, we also have, as far as geeky esque, I'm going to include because it's a futuristic dystopian world. Okay, The Handmaiden's Tale. Yeah. Um, I know that my wife watched a lot of it and by proxy, I ended up watching mm-hmm. a fair amount of it and it was just, it was just depressing. Like the, the, the poor girl in it was just, I mean, it's, it's not great. And then once you kind of realize that, you know, 2020 was starting to kind of run along the same lines as the stuff that was going oh, down. You really don't want to watch you're it. You're like, I don't want to watch this. It's just watching a, like the future of mm-hmm. now and I'm cool. I just, nah, no, I don't want this. And did you guys ever see the show Reaper? 
yes, that it, was the number show. Number 11. I think it was a CW show as well. And, and uh, it basically turns into like the son of the Reaper is going around and having to do, I think maybe, I don't know, whatever. It's got Ray Wise and Brett Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember BJ dressing up as the that's Reaper right. Devil once. That's yeah, why. that's what BJ loved the hell out of it. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Actually, I was thinking of Tucker and Dale the uh, movie. So never mind. <laughs> uh, Luther is number twelve. Twenty four is number thirteen. Modern Family number fourteen. Uh, but since we're kind of on that, you know, from good to bad, bad to good situation, I also found another list that Ranker came out with, and I couldn't decide which one I wanted to do, so I decided to do both. Why not oh. both? And this list is actually fifteen actors who have played both superheroes. And supervillains. Ooh, interesting. Now, do they just stick to movies, or is this kind of all over the place? So far, it looks like it's just movies. Just movies. So from heroes to villains and vice versa. All right, so start us off with one of them because I need to kind of see where they're going with this. Do you want this. number one or number 15? Let's start with number 15. All right, I'm The least on. popular one on this ranker list. Number 15 is Will Smith. Will Smith. He played. He well, he played it. Hancock. Yes. Now, do they consider that a hero? that a hero? Okay, they consider that a hero. So then who did he play as a villain? And why am I blanking on this? And it was kind of recent, and the movie was not great. Oh, yep. yeah. Was it, it, was, it, was it, was it Deadshot or yes. Death? Okay, Deadshot. Dead okay, I, was, I almost called him Deathstroke, but that it's, was It's, uh, it, it, it's kind of a else. tricky thing because it's Suicide Squad. You're, it's a movie about bad guys, but because it's a movie about them, you're kind of rooting for them. You forget they're bad guys. And, but also on that note, you know, just because they're the protagonists doesn't make them the good guys. They're not heroes. Exactly. All right, who's up on this list? Uh, Next on this. Christian Bale. Christian Bale played Batman. And actually, the next one he's going to be playing, a villain, it's a movie that hasn't come out yet. Oh, that's cheating. Yeah. I agree. And that's he's going to be 14. and he's going to be playing uh one of the baddies in uh Doctor Strange. Oh no, yeah, you're right. Thor uh, Thor the God Butcher. Oh, that's right. That sounds so cool. Right? Doesn't that look cool? Yeah, so that's uh, Thor uh, Love and Thunder. So that one is uh, eventually coming out and I'm so excited for all of that. All right, and this one he plays two good guys and a bad guy. Two good guys and a bad guy. Chris Evans. Chris Evans was obviously Human Torch in Captain America. Yes. And then he played a bad guy. Uh-huh. In a movie that you love. Okay. Uh, you really love this movie. And I really love this. Oh, he's Lucas Lee in Scott Pilgrim yes. versus the World. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. And all the stunt doubles. What? Oh. oh, I just got goosebumps. I need to go uh, watch that movie again. Oh. <laughs> 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 Next. Uh, this one, I don't know the second movie, so I can't really say. Uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Uh, now, are, are, are these comic book movies or just playing villains? Because uh, he played a bad guy in, uh, in, in Star Fast- Trek. Oh, yeah. He was but in- that wasn't this one. Oh, and I was also just thinking like Fast and Furious as well. Oh, yeah, he was. Because he was a bad guy in that. By or was way, it Hobbs ba- and Shaw? The bad guy yeah, he Hobbs played in Shaw. Star Trek was not great. No, it, it that, wasn't that at Star all. That Star Trek movie wasn't great. They didn't flesh that one out so well. Not no. at all. Okay, so what do they say on this? So Idris Elba played Hemdall, obviously, and he yep. played a character in a movie called Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Was it so, Bloodsport or Bloodshot? Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Uh, so apparently... Um, 
Oh, you know what? I don't know if it actually if it's in or not, or but it's uh, he's set to cast uh, he's cast to play supervillain Robert Du Bois or Bloodsport in James Gunn's Suicide Squad oh, sequel. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, I was like, I don't know if I know who. Oh, that and is. he and, and I'm just looking online because I had to look this up uh, because there's a Bloodshot that Vin Diesel played. Yes, um, that's what I was getting confused. Yeah, with. so that's what I was like, what the hell? So yeah, it looks like uh, he will. Uh, he's not going to be playing a famous villain, and it sounds like that uh, Suicide Squad writer and director James Gunn says he wrote the role of Bloodsport for Idris Elba. Here's an interesting thing at that point then. If he specifically wrote it for Idris and with Suicide Squad, you know, usually it starts off with a death. I wonder if they're going to blow up Idris Elba's head right at the beginning. That would be that would be such a swerve at that point. It'd be like Drew Barrymore in Scream. Like when you're like, oh, Drew Barrymore is going to be the main and she's dead. What? Or even Whoops. in the Deadpool 2 when you have the whole X-Force <laughs> yeah. and then... <laughs> <laughs> Which we actually don't know because of his time travel thingy if everyone's yeah, right. actually dead. Exactly. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this. Good luck. Uh, I'm just going to say his first name. Okay. Adewale. Adewale. He played Killer Croc in the Suicide Squad. Okay. Do they count that as the villain? Um, It says he did that and they did a, a character called Curse. So he played Algrim, a da- dark elf who serves Ma- uh, Malekith's most oh. loyal soldier. Ew, that sounds like a uh, troll, not troll, uh, like Thor 2. Weird... Like yep, the I think world. it was Thor 2. Yeah, because that's when they dealt with the dark elves yep. and Malekith and all that stuff. Funny, we talked about Thor 2. None of us remember anything about that movie. No, I just, I remember the reality gem giving uh, Jane to... cancer or whatever and going into her bloodstream. I think they were in London. Ah. Yeah, that's about all I remember. Next. Um, (laughs) We got Sean Ashmore. I can't even recognize that name. Give me the hero. We've talked about him recently, too, within the last couple months. All right. He played Iceman in the X-Men movies. Okay, yeah. And And he also played... Not Iceman. The opposite of Ice. Bingo. Fireman. Lamplighter in the boys. Lamplighter. <laughs> See, I we would. I knew we we'd get them. there. Fireman. <laughs> this one I didn't know this was a thing. Number nine. Huh. Scarlett Johansson. Okay, obviously Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And then as a villain, Ghost in the Shell. But I don't think that's a villain. Yeah, it's not no. a villain. I'm going to say the name of the character, and you guys have to guess the movie. Okay. I actually never saw this movie. Uh, Silken Floss. TikTok. <laughs> no. Silken Floss? She was in The Spirit, Frank Miller's or Millar or whatever uh, superhero movie. It was kind of in the same oh, vein as uh, Sin City, that same kind yeah, of noir the looking. Spirit. I'd never watched this one I either. I remember, like, it's one of those, like, oh, yeah, they did do that movie, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, uh, looks, yeah, it looks fun. All right, easy one. Number eight, Halle Berry. Halle Berry, Catwoman, which is the villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess Catwoman is a villain. Technically, yeah. Yeah, huh. yeah. Huh. So I knew that one. And then Halle Berry as a hero, as Storm. Duh. Yep. Yeah, took uh, me a minute there. Number seven, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey as the Riddler mm-hmm. and as the hero, the mask? No. Okay. That would have been mean, a good one, technically. Yeah, it's yeah. a little too deep in that one. Who was he a hero? And it, it's a more recent movie within the last 10 years. And he did not have superpowers. Uh, drawing a complete blank then. He was a Colonel Stars and Stripes in <gasps> Kick-Ass 2. That's right. Such a minor role. Right? Oh my gosh, yeah. Dude, it's funny. I thought Kick-Ass, but I could not picture his character. Yeah, he was Colonel Stars and Stripes in the second one. That was right. Poor doggy. Right. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. No, I, I freaking loved uh, Nicolas Cage. 
in the yes, first one. Big, Big Daddy. Daddy. God, <laughs> he did such a great job. He really did. Uh, number six, Michael B. Jordan. As Killmonger and Johnny Storm. Yep. Yep. The one time I would rather his bad guy than the good guy. Joe just rolled his eyes when I said Johnny Stork because he remembered it was the Josh Trank Fantastic yep. Four. That movie also does not exist. <laughs> All right. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Number Pfeiffer. Five. Catwoman is villain. Yes. Hero? Technically hero. Technically good hero. Good guy. Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, yeah, actually, no, she is. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Do you have any idea, no Joe? Recent, idea. recent, recent. Recent, recent, recent. Oh, she was looking oh, fantastic. Oh, 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 she was the wasp, and I can't remember her original name in it, but she was the wasp and Ant-Man Janet the Van Dyne. There we go. Thank you. Number four. You're not going to guess his good guy role. Okay. So, I will say that. Okay. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Oh, I bet you the good guy role is from the uh, uh, superhero high. Yeah, Sky High. Yeah, Sky yeah. High. Sky I knew high. it. I watched that movie. He was um, uh, Commander. Yeah, Commander. Yeah, yeah. And he was the father and like quote unquote sort of principal of like all the superheroes at the superhero mm-hmm. high school. It's actually really cute. It and was. Fun. It's a cool show. It yeah. was a cool one. I definitely would recommend watching it with like kids or teenagers. And then his villain was Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. Two. He was a planet. He was a whole planet. Number three. Yes. Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, Red Skull, and Agent Smith. Agent Smith is the hero. No. Um, uh, Red Skull, obviously, for the uh, supervillain. I will the... say this. The hero is one BJ loves. Lord of the Rings? No. Because I was thinking that guy is Elrond. But, no, uh, think comics. Okay, so he's in the comics as a hero. Fantastic Four, but I can't think of anything the, he'd be there. No, the movie came out in 2005. Oh, he's oh. Alvita Vendetta. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah that's right. You gave us all the good hints, too. Yeah. We're good just work, bad at this. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, Michael Keaton. Uh, Batman and Birdman. No, Batman and Vulture. Yes. Yeah. Close. <laughs> been... Batman, Birdman, And number Vulture. one. You already said it, right? No, I did not. Oh, I, I thought said you number did. 15. Oh, you're right. Ooh. We started that way. Oh, the number one. I will say. Okay. You love this man. I love this man. Very much for both these roles. Oh, yes, of course. Duh. Thanos and Cable, Mr. Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they put him number one. Yep. I'm glad that they actually made sure uh, and all the people could have... Uh, <laughs> button yeah man yeah i i, I it's, ah, it's, it's it's interesting because so you, nice. you do remember all the actors who played multiple superheroes yeah but it's fun to see like when they're good guys and bad guys but and even in even in deadpool 2 referenced as thanos by deadpool because you know well it's deadpool yes and he actually also <laughs> re- referenced the goonies in a different way a couple different ways <laughs> oh god i need to rewatch that movie yep until next time guys stay nerdy